Hello and welcome to Life and Inside Job. This is the podcast where we centre our internal experiences as sources of comfort, of wisdom, of sustainment and creativity. My name's Kate and I'm a writer, a mentor, a speaker, artist and facilitator and my gorgeous hug of a book Second Spring, The Self-Care Guide to Menopause, is pretty much available worldwide now, which makes me insanely proud and pleased. And the other thing I love to do, apart from talk about the book, is have soulful, meandering conversations with people about how their inner lives nourish them. And this is what life and inside job is all about. Today, you can listen to the conversation that I recently had with Sophie Jane Hardy. She's a nature and cycle-inspired business coach, a writer and podcast host, and we talked about how to create a sustainable business by using the seasons of menstruality as a guide. And this is going to be helpful for you, whether you have had a menstrual cycle, whether you do have a menstrual cycle, or even if you've never had one, there's going to be some gold here for you in terms of the seasons and how to use them creatively. We talked about what Sophie has learned after returning to work following her maternity leave, how we can run our businesses without burning out, how to plan for quiet periods, for illness, for our winter times, defining success on our own terms, seeing what that means for us, and talking about how we can manage this constant pressure to be out there promoting ourselves without burning out and how to have that be meaningful, how to to stay true to our vision, even when the world doesn't seem to support it, and a lot more, so much in this conversation. Welcome, Sophie. I am just so delighted that you're here because, as I was just saying, welcome to the self-serving podcast where I get my (laughs) questions answered by experts in their field. But hopefully this will be useful for anyone who is self-employed, running a business, or even people who are employed who are interested in a sustainable oh, in, in a sustainable practice, in a sustainable business, in something that can feed you, do more than feed you, create a, a sense of abundance in your life without burning out. Yeah. It's a bit of a balance, isn't it, really? Yeah. And it's we live inside a world which isn't teaching us how to do it and in the to the contrary it's often telling us to do more do faster do bigger do more do faster do bigger and we really have to swim upstream with this and you know you say that I'm going to answer your questions but I'm sure that you're going to answer mine and that we're all going to find more questions together because I think the way that we can make progress here is by getting together splashing around making a mess and understanding what our own unique way is yeah oh god yeah so step one find a community who are all swimming in the same direction yeah and even one person I think you know when we were when you emailed me before this podcast and we were playing around with questions and you said it was a question around something like, how can we define our own version of success? And I was thinking that actually all it takes is to have one person who gets us and what we're about and have some regular contact with them. And that can fill our tank up enough to be able to go out into the world and have a bit more robustness and a bit more of a ground of safety and confidence underneath us as we're doing our thing in the world. Mm. Yeah, I'm a big fan of peer groups and listening partnerships. And there are a few people who, you know, something silly. I mean, to to an outsider, it would be silly 
or small or something that happens every day but I, I know that I can message them and go yay yay I talked to the scary person <laughs> <laughs> I'm exactly the same I've got two or three people on whatsapp that I know I can reach out to when I'm about to do something that scares me and say hey this is scary and they'll say "Mm -hmm, it is scary you've got it and yeah that I can come and celebrate the small the big you know I had a mentor once um Edvige Fairchild and she always used to say I'll be here to sound the trumpets when you have a success that the world isn't going to celebrate you know (laughs) like sometimes like let me think of one right now well, just there's been so many of them in my mothering journey that I've been on for the last couple of years, you know, getting Artie down for a nap when he's really in a really bad mood. He hasn't eaten his lunch and he's really overtired. And I find just the right song to sing to lull him into sleep. And I come out the door, I like I tiptoe out of the room, close the door and I'm just like, yes, the crowd goes wild. You know, like those are the moments that... <laughs> Our allies can champion us in. <laughs> That's so familiar. I mean, my, I don't have little kids anymore, but oh my god, yeah. The try the the um the sense of external cheering. Yeah, and similarly, so with business. So I'm I'm on my, you know, I'm I'm entering back into the world of business again after maternity leave, and last night. I thought, you know what? I'm going to embrace the Instagram reels thing. I'm just going to, I'm just going to play, but I'm going to do it my way. So I filmed a big bunch of blossom. Like there's this, this incredible embarrassment of blossom on the street down the road from me. It's so beautiful, pink, puffy buds. And I just filmed that. And then I just riffed on what I was thinking about, which was the inner spring of our menstrual cycles which we'll get to mm-hmm. and you know all about springs Kate Codrington <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and I so I put some thoughts about inner spring and business and just put it out there and that was one of those moments where you know the trumpet sounded because I'd finally broken through and embraced this technology that I find baffling and strange and you know, and I did it my way. I wasn't dancing and pointing and doing that thing, which is fine if you want to do that, but it's not my way. Mm. And, um, yeah, that was a good moment. So before I, I really want to, I really want to hear about emerging from full time mothering into going, coming back into the world. But before we do that, just in case people don't know about inner seasons, shall we give them a little description? Yes, let's do it. So, shall I start with spring? Because that's my favourite. <laughs> yes, you do it. I, I heard you know a thing or two about spring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let. So, are we talking in menstrual terms or general terms? What do you think is most helpful for people? I think. Um, I think it's a layered thing because I think seasonally, like externally around us, the seasons have a certain impact on our business. And then internally, if we have a menstrual cycle, we can work in that way, or, you know, it can apply to the lunar cycle, okay. or you can speak about the menopause process. Oh, yeah. yeah. Already, already complicated. complicated. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's, let's, let's talk about them in general, the qualities, and then we can name where we might find them. Maybe that, maybe that's the clearest way to wait in. So spring um, is a tender time and there is, it is the ingenue, the innocent, the freshness of new becomings of, and I can feel my energy rising, just dipping into thinking about buds hawthorn buds opening I feel Mm. my heart (laughs) opening it's absolutely my favorite um and in spring and I've just been writing about it so I might go on a bit I'll have to keep it short in spring we see (laughs) things becoming but we don't yet know what they are and we have to love them anyway even though we don't know what is going to thrive and what is going to fall away So the qualities are playfulness, invention, delight, and real proper um, 
awe, A-W-E, awe and wonder at the miracle that after the winter, life comes back. It's like, oh God, mm. I really thought this time it would be winter forever. <laughs> <laughs> so there's all, all these qualities of delight and play and innocence and they require protection and yeah. care. And you might find this spring um, in your teens. You might find it before you ovulate. You might find, well, in annual spring, obviously, and you might find it post menopause as well. Or at the beginning of a project or when, you know, it's the kind of the point where you just think, oh, but nobody's when you spot a gap in the market, you think, well, nobody's doing this. Why, why mm. has nobody seen this? And you start to scribble things down on the back of an envelope. And then you think, oh, my, that's ridiculous. And you think, no, I'm just going to keep this <laughs> and have a look at it a bit later. So that's, that's what I, how I would define spring. Oh, I love the way you speak about it. As you're speaking, what I'm feeling into is the tenderness that you named and how we can practice in spring whether that's spring outside us or spring inside us is to this is what i'm doing at the moment is tending to my nervous system because mm. i notice that i really feel the correlation between the spring times of life and the springtime of my life the my maiden years and how angsty they were and difficult and how there were some traumatic challenging moments and so when I find myself in the spring of something and this really happened for me in the spring of motherhood which I'm really still in but I guess the spring of that newborn motherhood place was I didn't know what I was doing and like you said I didn't know what I was becoming and I needed to hold myself so tenderly in that and you know let myself have a long bubble bath at the end of the day well actually it wasn't long it was only 10 minutes because there was a newborn to look after but have a bubble bath at the end of the day take some deep breaths and feel my own body and my physicality and let my nervous system slow down and this is one of the things that I'm noticing I'm taking from motherhood into my business world now is recognizing that when I'm at the beginning of things I really need to breathe we talked about this in our episode for the menstruality podcast. You spoke really beautifully about breath, but I, I'm in the middle of launching something right now. And I'm just all the way through the day. I keep thinking, breathe, Soph. And I just take 10 seconds to just go, okay, we're here. I've got a body. I've got my feet on the floor. Let, you know, grounding. Because mm, our energy goes up and it's fizzy. Yeah. I was in the shower this morning having a million thoughts a minute <laughs> you know when, when you do in the shower and you get all the ideas and then I just got out and thought right so it's time to breathe yeah <laughs> okay you do summer you'll go yeah summer so I like this table tennis with the seasons <laughs> so yeah once the the buds have opened and unfurled then we get this uh massive celebration of life that comes through in the color of the flowers that we see in the gardens and the brightness of the sun in the sky and the long days and the sense of possibility and anything's possible and on the in the internal realms in the inner summer around the ovulation ovulatory phase of the menstrual cycle if we're focusing on that part that's the peak moment of energy in the cycle so the way i see in a summer is it's a moment to fully be yourself exactly as you are not trying to emulate someone else or follow someone else's template or way of being but to let yourself shine to declare yourself to stand up and be seen like all of the outrageous beauty in nature is letting itself be seen with no regard of what anything else looks like 
the trees aren't comparing themselves to each other. <laughs> and I think when it comes to business, that's my fascination at the moment. There's so such a strong culture of comparing ourselves to others or feeling that there are standards that we need to live up to. We need to do things in a certain way. And what I've seen in, in my own business and with all the people I've helped with their businesses is the more they lean back and sit back into their own unique way of doing X, Y, Z, the more success they have. So I think that's a real inner summer skill there, a muscle that we can work of, of letting ourselves be fully ourselves, fully blossom into ourselves. Okay, I've got a tricky question now. Given the the external pressure and the com comparisons that we make, how do we know in our business, in a business sense, when we're really in summer or when we're just feeling that we, we ought to be <laughs> in summer all the time? It can be quite hard to tell, particularly if we're a bit yeah. depleted, as, and most of us are a bit depleted. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's where cycles are so helpful so and I think they're accessible to to everyone depending on where they're at in their lives like the menstrual cycle for people who are menstruating gives that natural autumn and winter and spring when you know that you're not in summer the lunar cycle has the dark phase of the moon and the year has the winter phase so I really I'm really diligent in my practice of staying true to when it's winter because that's the only way I've got the energy to do the shining in summer. That's literally the only way I've got the energy to do that mm. is if I can dock in, in, in winter. So maybe, maybe, maybe to answer my own question, I could say when I'm feeling like, Oh God, I've really got to be out there. Oh. <laughs> Which I, that's, that's my, that's my life. I really yeah. should be out there more. I could ask myself, better question, I told you this was all about me. <laughs> I could ask myself, when did I last go inwards? Have I had enough rest? Have I had enough winter, yeah. essentially? Yeah. And also, what kind of going outwards is your going outwards? Like, what, what kind of being out there is your being out there? Because I think. I think often we can push to do something that we think we need to do when actually the things that we love are usually the things that are most effective anyway. Mm. Like when you say, I want, I've got to be out there, I've got to be out there. What are you thinking of? What kind of being out there are you, are you is that part of your imagining? Mm. Uh, it's usually, um, I would say, doing uh, podcasts or lives or talk, talking to people. Yeah. yeah. Which can be really juicy like this conversation but particularly with lives there is an element of um um adrenaline which is quite depleting i, I find absolutely I, yeah i do very very little on video because of that reason i can even if i'm in a summertime mode in my life I can feel so exhausted from that, which is why we're not using video right now. You and I, we're just talking out into the ethers to each other. Yeah. But I think, I think there's that getting intimate with ourselves and what really serves us is so key. You know, I just know I can't do video. So I'm, I'm not out there on video. I just don't do it. I, I focus on writing and podcasts instead. Mm. Mm. So summer might be the, when you're ovulating in your menstrual cycle. What else? Full moon? Full moon, yes, yeah, summer of the year. And also the peak of a creative project or you know any project in life. So the moment when the wave is rising up and you literally just have to get on your surfboard and ride it because you've set this up, <laughs> you know, you've created the thing that you're launching, you've written the book, and now it's the time to ride the creative wave like ride the momentum that you've been building mm. but I think the key to that is knowing that the wave is going to end and that you're going to be able to rest again yeah which brings us so beautifully into autumn <laughs> 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 be 
We've surfed. I've, I've surfed onto the beach. <laughs> have you ever been bodyboarding and you're which is lying on your stomach on a surfboard type thing and you end up on the beach with your costume full of sand <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking i was thinking depending on what kind of autumn you have it's like <laughs> the wave coughs you up spits you around and you end up with sand in your mouth and <laughs> yeah with your face pressing against the pebbles uh, yeah <laughs> so for people who are not familiar with this, then the autumn is the beginning of the, the part of the cycle where we turn, start to turn more towards ourselves. Our energy starts to dip and we have more capacity to reflect, to come back to our own values. Excellent time for editing, setting boundaries, that kind of thing. And very often you will be tired and grumpy because <laughs> because we have given so much in our summers and because we have given so much generally so the autumn would be the premenstrum so before your bleed second half the luteal phase um it would be creatively it would be in an editing process um or where you've created something and you see all the places where it's not going to work and that need adjustment. Um, what else? After the full moon, the sort of waning moon. Uh, and my favourite, perimenopause. Quite yeah. a long one. Quite a long autumn, that one. <laughs> What's your, can you add to that to, um, illustrate that maybe maybe if you could say about a business a businessy autumn what would that be like yeah in my experience it seems to go two ways uh, for me up until about a couple of years ago my inner autumn was the hardest uh part of my work life there was a lot of because my inner critic was so loud in this phase so there'd be a lot of um, yeah, grumpiness, as you said, and a lot of self-doubt, a lot of second-guessing myself, and also a lot of frustration and anger and rage and just a lot of heightened emotion so, I, so that I felt like I couldn't think clearly. And there's been this brilliant transformation over the last several years, actually, that I think has got a lot to do with how life humbled me through having several years of infertility and then how life double humbled me by giving me a child and then going into motherhood and the crazy whirlwind of that. But now I find that my, my inner autumn and, and just autumn in general, the phase of autumn in a creative process is such a delight because I feel like I'm coming back home to myself. I can focus on what's truly meaningful to me and I think one of the great qualities in business is that the truth teller can awaken and we can bring our own bullshit radar to our own work and our own business and actually our inner critic can become our own best business coach because you know you can you can find brilliant people to work with who can help you see things about your business that you couldn't see but you know more about your work and your calling and the people that you want to help and serve than anyone else ever could because it's really all uniquely yours. So I think there's this gorgeous capacity in, in an autumn to get really close to yourself and to get really close to your work and then be able to prune away anything that's not true and um You've got to bring a you've got to bring a dose of humor to it because it can get quite serious and the inner critic can get quite loud. So yeah, <laughs> all with good humor. Mm. Yeah, it's like is it like um, after you do a launch and three people turn up and you go oh <laughs> yes <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh, or, or after you do an interview and you, you're going back and and with a fine tooth comb and picking through all the things that you said that you wish you hadn't said oh. it's yeah shame oh I know um shame hangover that yeah vulnerability hangover yeah 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 which is why winter comes <laughs> thankfully beautifully yes off you go 
<laughs> so yeah then once the you know the leaves have fallen off the trees and have composted down sometimes into a into a very messy mulch that can internally feel very shamey and even to the point of you know people feeling uh, so alone and desperate and um, this can be such a difficult point in the creative process and in the cycle and I hear in perimenopause for people but luckily then there's the the great slowing down that happens so the leaves all fall from the trees the energy goes down into the roots maybe some snow falls and you get that great silence and I just love walking through a forest at this time of year and it's it's as if there are these little murmurs going on underground and then absolutely nothing above and I think it's so delightful to experience that in a forest because it doesn't really happen in our world you know as we especially in our culture as we enter into winter we enter into like gearing up for party season for around the holiday season and oh god that exhausts me so much and Instead, there's a, a natural drawing in and a natural momentum of coming in, coming closer to ourselves, which starts in, in the autumn. And if we can ride that momentum, if we can slow down enough, if we can hold ourselves enough, and if we can you know, be blessed with space from the responsibilities that we have and we can rest, then we can dock into ourselves. We can remember what we're about remember what we really care about below all of the noise of our surface lives and be fed by that and be nourished by that and be restored by that so that we can begin the cycle anew and our businesses have their own cycles and there will be winters i mean this is something else that i've been I've been writing away today. This is something else that I'm thinking about. The in as much as the trees pull the sugars down into their roots, it is wise to budget for a winter in your business for the downtime. So glad you said the word budget there, because it really is a financial question that we're talking about here, isn't it? Yep. It's a bread and butter question. Mm. And uh, one of the main things that can get in the way of this is the god and this is such a rabbit hole to go down but it's the our the challenge we have around knowing what we're worth and then asking people to give to pay us for our services you know it's because of so many reasons it can be a very tricky area but yes ideally we can set our business up in a way so that there's either some savings ready for those winter phases that will always come either by choice or not so that we can actually rest in those phases rather than keep hustling and like doubly drain ourselves because we don't have the energy in our tank to do it or if we can set up systems where there is money coming in steadily that can tide us over that's another way in which is really important to think about Oh, and God, yeah, we're going like well into well into worldly life. Saving for your pension, people. Yes. Oh, yes. For the big for that that winter. Hell. Get those direct debits sorted out now, today. <laughs> Do, <Yeah>. it. <laughs> Do it. And and alongside that, do the work that you need to do. <clears throat> Do the work that you need to do in order to understand that what you're offering is meaningful and valuable and that you deserve to be paid for it. Just like a doctor deserves to be paid and a lawyer deserves to be paid. And, you know, a lawyer would never consider bartering their services because they get paid by the hour. And there's a kind of mentality that we need to embody as business owners. But, it, you know, because of whatever... Um, early memories or traumas or challenges we've had in our life everyone's got a kind of different block that's in the way of being able to to do that mm. and so it looks different I think that work looks different for each of us yeah oh god yeah 
we're not going to go there today and I, i've just written a note to, to myself to find somebody to, to do a podcast about worse and money because that's such a big one yeah so we've gone all around we've gone all around the season oh the winter the winter would be menstruation it would be um the the time of the dark moon or deep menopause or when all your business disappears and the phones don't ring anymore do they but uh, the, um when when the email when the bookings don't come in mm -hmm. or the sales don't happen um or also um when you're ill or bereaved or otherwise low energy and deep inside yourself mm -hmm. what have i missed anything else i was thinking menopause Menopause. That having a menopause sabbatical, yeah, yeah, ill, um, motherhood, maternity leave, yeah. There's so many of these winters in our lives. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Many more. It's it's a lot easier to name the many many winters. I struggled to name the summers. Isn't that funny? Yeah, because <laughs> it just feels <laughs> like it's all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I thank you. I, th I think, I hope that that gives people a kind of fairly layered understanding of what a seasonal map might, might be. Mm. And I, I was caught when you were talking about autumn, about being, you said something about being humbled by motherhood. And I'm mm. really curious to hear how it's been for you to move oh gosh which bit which bit should I ask you about maybe the bit the bit from moving from motherhood into coming back to work because that, that's something that many many people will be experiencing now yeah yeah well oh gosh I had all kinds of ideas about what coming out from maternity leave would look like while I was still pregnant <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'd get I'd, I'd set all of these really cool things up in place where I was going to have some courses that would be evergreen and you know be all taken care of and then you know a huge tornado landed in our life in the form of the most incredible little human and I it was so much harder than I could ever have imagined and I've been wanting it so desperately for four years and god the breastfeeding the sleep the sleep deprivation just so hard and my pot of gold that I'd managed to put together ran out about four or five months in and I realized I needed to go back to work and so I was really kind to myself in that instead of going back into business and, and trying to cultivate relation, relationships with clients again, I found myself, I was lucky to, I found myself a situation with the amazing Red School where I had, it's essentially, essentially one client or one job to do, which I realized is, was a real kindness to myself to do that rather than listen to the parts of me that were saying, no, so you've got to get back out there. You've got work to do. You've got a calling. You need to fulfill it. It's like, okay, is now the time for that? Or is now the time for real radical kindness? Because I'm literally getting three hours sleep a night. So that was a good move that I would really recommend. I'm intrigued to hear how yours was, Kate, when you came back to work. <laughs> God. Oh, um, well, I really candid. I've, I've, I, I, having, I had two kids. I was 38 and 40 when they were born. And oh, I think that I felt so lost mothering children. And I found it so, I suppose in retrospect, I could say terrifying. At the time, I think I was dissociated and numb. <laughs> it's not a cheery tale of postnatal bliss, I'm afraid, people. Um, it was very, as you say, it's so much harder than you, than I expected. 
What did I expect? Yeah. I don't. I, I I thought it was going to be pretty hard, but it was really hard, and I was desperate to find myself. I think refine myself or find yes. meaning, find find stuff that was seen because mothering is not seen. The thousand yes. things that you do, the wiping and the you know sort of I was gonna say wiping uh, mashed. Well, people do baby baby led weaning now, which is much more sensible. But I, when I had kids, it was still you were still sort of mashing things, mashing things up. So wiping the mashed carrot off the ceiling and you know, <laughs> in a kind of lazy, so it's a smear instead of a spatter, and you know, <laughs> that's the energy it takes. And I'm not going to go into this now, but having uh, looking after small humans when you're perimenopausal is is a massive challenge. And we're only just beginning to talk about this so you know it was huge and i yeah so i um i started working in the evenings and yeah it felt really hard actually and it was such a relief because i could feel my my self come returning yes and I just want okay. I just want to briefly say that you know it's it's it, it was a it, this is what happens, an, an area of interest for me when cycles are interrupted. So, having kids, which is a summary kind of activity, celebration of life, as you're approaching autumn, means that the inward force of autumn conflicts with the outward process of mothering. Yeah. Um, and this, so I wanted to show my show my professional self, um, at the same time as I was being called to come in, and that 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 conflict, that wanting to move outwards and wanting to move inwards at the same time, is the nub of it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was the nub. So it was it was pretty uncomfortable, I would say. Yeah, yeah. And I really hear you on the being seen. You know, I've had, I've got several mum friends who didn't go back to work until their kiddos were one and they didn't want to go back. And I desperately wanted to go back because I realised how hungry I was for the affirmation that I received from work when there's so little affirmation from the world for the very hard work of mothering. So same, I really wanted to, be back in in conversation with the world again and also have adult conversations yeah so did, did you feel that the early postnatal years what 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 season would you put that in do you think is that wintry i think there's a whole season in the, that's kind of the first year of the child's life that passes through all the seasons <laughs> Um, but and, and is at the same time a great winter because i only now feel springy you know, he's 17 months old and I feel, I feel some wind behind my sails again. But that's also because he started sleeping through the night a couple of months ago. And some people don't have kids that sleep through the night yet. So they might still feel like winter. But I think there are cycles within cycles. But what's really fascinated me about this transition is seeing how many qualities are cultivated in early motherhood that we can then apply to business. Mm. that we're not talking about so and I keep I notice them all the time so for example all of the hats that we have to wear as business owners you know we're doing the work that we do we're also our own like head of marketing our own bookkeeper and accountant our own project manager our own counselor when our inner critic is really loud you know we're, we're doing so many different things and I've noticed that my capacity to do that and to understand which role I'm in at, at a different time and be able to move seamlessly in between them, not seamlessly, but be able to move in, in between them with some kind of grace has really been cultivated from the, the, the hat changing that you have to do as a parent from being the chef to being the driver, to being the nurturer and, and to being the nurse, to being the nappy changer, to be, and then, coming back and being in relationship with your partner if you're in partnership and then negotiating being with the world you know it's a 
that capacity to do many things at the same time and stay sane. You know, that's something you have to cultivate in parenthood. Mm. And it's a big part of business as well. Mm. So there's more flexibility, fluidity between different ways of being. Yes, there's more fluidity. That's exactly it. The capacity to be able to switch from zone to zone and flow with it. Yeah. And have some humor and lightness around it. You know, I used to plan so much more than I do now. Now there isn't time for planning. I just have to dive into each moment and trust. And you see, trust is another huge muscle that parenthood cultivates. Uh, oh my God, that's a whole conversation oh in itself, isn't it? But you know, the RT was always so slim. And I had so many people telling me he needed more milk or more food. And, and I could see he was so healthy and vital and he was totally fine. And, and I had to just, in the end, stop all the anxiety and just trust myself. And I think that's what we need to do as business owners as well, is there is a reason that we're pouring all of this energy and love and time into this project that we've created, into this business that we've created. And we have to breathe and lean back and trust that. Mm. we can also be held by it as much as we're holding it mm. oh god yeah this is so interesting so, so interesting what what comes to my mind is about letting go because that's the thing that um children have taught me most about letting go yeah and letting go and letting go of who i think i am and letting go of what i think i can do and letting go of where i think i should go or what other people should do or what anything should look like yeah. <laughs> letting go and letting go and letting go and it's like it's like this sort of it's like spiritual weightlifting <laughs> <laughs> it is it's it's initiate initiatory parenting is initiatory and running a business is initiatory like it 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 evolves us it's amazing actually for anyone who's interested in just constantly developing themselves like start a business because you'll be faced with all of your shadows all of your um what's the word that starts with idio idiosyncrasies all of your memories from childhood that hold you back from expressing your voice you know it's just such a profound initiatory evolutionary path running a business mm. oh I have to land a bit after all that <laughs> yeah <laughs> no wonder we need to have a nap in the afternoon oh, it's exhausting. Yeah, I, can we talk a bit can we move because we could I, th I think I mean I'm this is so interesting and I could spend the whole of the rest of the time. Oh my goodness. It's oh, <laughs> the whole of the rest of the time talking about parenthood and um, business, trying to, trying to do it, trying to do both. Um, but I also want to include this thing about how this dichotomy between the need to be successful without burning out. And how does how does that work practically with a seasonal view? I think there are so many different angles to look at this, but one of them that always seems to be core for me is when we're doing something that fundamentally fulfills us, that seems to be the ground of sustainability. And I learned this the really, really the hard way when I was in my early 30s and I was doing a job that was really interesting. I was a filmmaker. I was a documentary filmmaker. I was traveling all over the world. It was really cool and really interesting, but it wasn't deeply fulfilling in the way that the work I've done more recently is. I was also in a relationship that was great, but not the relationship for me. And I was living in Seattle on the other side of the world, which also wasn't the place for me. And my inner autumn showed me very clearly that all of these things weren't right for me with these huge bursts of premenstrual rage every month and premenstrual anxiety. 
that was really corrosive for my relationship, for all my relationships and for my work life. And it was really this that embedded me in cyclical living because my it's like my inner critic held me up against a wall and said, are you going to make the changes that you need to make to actually live your calling as Alexandra Pope and Shani Hugo, well, it's a caller, or to, or to really be living the purpose that you know is yours or to really be focusing on what you truly love. And it took two years of these attacks of premenstrual rage for me to realize that I needed to shift careers and simultaneously end this relationship and move back to my home country. But once I did, and an awesome opportunity fell into my lap pretty much the same time as I made the decision to move, which was to work for Tree Sisters, which is a reforestation charity. And it was a bold move because I wasn't going to get paid very much. And it was it was a, it was a bold move, but I decided to do it. And I learned what it was like to be doing something that was truly deeply fulfilling. And that for me has been the ground of all of the sustainable practices that I've set up. I was really chronically ill when I was back in the filmmaking time, I had chronic pain that was, you know, maybe five or six out of 10 all day, every day. It was, it was difficult. And once I made that shift, you know, it wasn't night and day. It wasn't the next day I was well, but once I made that shift, my health took such a, uh, an upward turn. So I'm going all around the houses here, but I think the point I'm trying to make is that when we're doing something that we really feel connected to and that we feel passionate about and that we sense is having a powerful impact or the impact that we want to have, then it's easy, easier for us to make the, dis- the difficult decisions we need to take care of ourselves in our work to make it sustainable. Does that land for you? Is that, has that been your experience? Hmm. I think that feeling when I feel connected to what is my task, I don't like the word calling. I find it too portentous. But when when mm. when I'm connect when I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. <laughs> on the days on the half hour that I know what I'm doing, which is you know it comes and goes then I am more resilient and I'm better able to um, put up with the discomfort, with the uncomfortable bits. And I know that if I am to see this through and if it's really important and I'm going to see it through, then I have to rest. Then I have to be in good shape to get this motherfucker on the road. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have to turn the volume down on that because I just shouted into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you know, it's like this grit, this grit inside me, and I, I know that when I get that, it's like, okay, Kate, if you really want to do that that big thing, you have to be in good shape or you'll fall apart. And I know yeah. this because I did burn out. You know, I know what that's like. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm fascinated by your your autumns telling communicating so clearly. Yeah. It took me a long time to figure out what they were communicating. I really had to listen to I had to listen below the I hate you, which was directed at my ex-husband, and really decipher what was going on, which is I don't want to be here, I don't want to be doing this, I don't want to be with you. But they were three big moves to make all at once. And I don't, well, I was going to say I don't recommend it, but actually I do. It was great. It worked out really well for me. (laughs) And then, you know, I learned a lot about sustainability from working at Tree Sisters because we were a small team. There were only four of us at the beginning. And we had a big vision to reforest the tropics. So it was a, a big task, a big thing that we needed to get on with. But we, back to Edvige, my mentor, who I mentioned earlier, who was the operations director at the time, she said, let's be bold and let's plan our annual strategy around the seasons 
and let's put this cyclical working practice into action and see if it actually does work. So we would vision in winter, plan in spring, build in summer, and then launch in autumn and harvest in autumn. And we did that for three years in a row and it bloody worked. You know, one, the final year that I was there, we, we actually, I think we grew about 500% in terms of the amount of donations Whoa. we were receiving, the amount of trees we were planting. We, yeah, we went from planting 4,000 trees a month to a million trees a year. It was it was incredible. And I can really, it really made me believe in the power of working, living and working cyclically. And it was sustainable because we got to rest and dream and plug ourselves in, in winter. And then we got to take care of ourselves as we planned and, you know, put good riverbanks in place for this big creative force that was coming through us. Then we harnessed the summertime energy and we built and we created connections and we filmed into we recorded interviews and and then we actually put it out there in the late summer early autumn and then harvested and it was it was excellent that's so inspiring and what if the world isn't yet willing to pay what you need for your offering for your heartfelt fulfilling offering if my if my heartfelt fulfilling offering was making little <laughs> little gnomes out of beach <laughs> beach husks <laughs> and painting their little faces and making up little stories about them but no one was willing to pay the the 120 pounds which would be re recompensed for my time that it took to make the little beach the little beach gnomes <laughs> yeah I mean I know what you're saying my, yeah. my husband is my, my husband just a few a couple of offices down a couple of rooms down in his office he's whittling sticks while he does his corporate job because he loves making talking sticks and we were joking that if he was going to sell them he'd literally have to charge about 350 pounds for these little talking sticks yeah. to make them worth his time yeah. well you know I'd be bold here and firstly I'd question the idea that people aren't willing to pay it because when I look out at the world, I see that people are willing to pay for lots of different things. People are willing to pay for lots of different things. You know, people are teaching how to knit and they're selling courses that cost £30 to thousands of people because they absolutely love knitting. They share their love for knitting with the world in whatever way they love to do it on making videos on YouTube or having a knitting podcast and they get paid to do what they love. Like it, it is, it is possible. Now with the gnome example, I'm not sure. I'd have to think about that, a marketing strategy for that business. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I have to say this is <laughs> fictional. You know, that speaks more to what I would love to do. <laughs> yeah. But well, that's, can, that's can, the first place I'd come. Yeah. I can talk about what I do do, which is I stitch stories and friendship into fabric, which is yes. something that, which is, I can't tell you how delicious and fulfilling it is, but I can't, I wouldn't even begin to put money on it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, that just doesn't feel possible. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And maybe it's not. And then, and then we're into this wild safari of, well, where does what I love and what I'm good at meet a need in the world that people are willing to pay for? And I feel like we have these, this kind of myth that that's an easy thing to discover oh, and that we should just be able to do it overnight because every now and then a unicorn does appear that does seem to do it overnight. It pretty much never is. They've usually been working for five or 10 years behind the scenes to figure it out, mm. but that's, that's a process, but, and we have to tend to our bread and butter while we're inside that process. And it's okay to be doing something that isn't the sacred task that we feel like we're here to do in order to get to the place where we are. That's part of the negotiation. That's part of the, paradox and it's okay it's needed mm. 
I'm aware. I can't believe what the time is. And I feel like we've just got started. <laughs> Can we talk about Reels quickly? <laughs> Social media. Yeah. As you brought it up. <laughs> um, because you're launching, you've come back from your first year of mothering and you've changed your business model, which is very, very interesting. And the launch that you mentioned earlier is for your cyclical business. Could you say a little bit about that and how how your how it is to be coming back to social media for you? Yeah, God, what a thing. It's such a thing. I really relate now to I used to teach courses about social media and I was deep in the the rhythm of putting social media content out there and I loved it and people would say but I feel so scared I feel so vulnerable I feel like it's it's terrifying the thought of putting a post out there and I couldn't understand why and here I am now having had basically two years off feeling terrified about posting a reel and there's there's just such a a nakedness to it I don't like the thought that people are seeing what I'm saying when that's exactly what I want them to do so yeah I'm, in, I'm inside that paradox myself. But yeah, what's helping me as, as always is remembering why I'm doing it. And my, my passion for my work has never been stronger than it is now, which is really exciting. So that fuels it all. But yes, with the cyclical business, the reason why I've changed, changed my path. So yeah, when I was up in the night, breastfeeding Artie when he was sort of four or five months old I found myself dreaming into this what I'm doing right now but it wasn't in that form it was it was all kinds of ideas that were swirling around and I started to write them down and I started to muse on it and what I realized is that for the last three years I've been running a consultancy a marketing and business consultancy that was really successful you know we were creating I was creating really powerful results with my clients you know we had people selling their first big programs and people filling their client schedules it was good it was working and it was all in a soulful way that felt full of integrity which is core to core to what I want to do I you know I really believe that business and marketing can be full of soul and can be full of heart and doesn't have to be manipulative and sleazy and salesy and I feel very passionately about that. And at the same time, as I was sat up in the middle of the night musing, I was thinking there's something missing in the work that I'm doing because even though we put together powerful business plans and marketing plans, there was usually three key blocks in the way of those marketing plans actually being put into action. Overwhelm was big, you know, people feeling overwhelmed by tech and by admin self-doubt and imposter syndrome and then this playing small and, and being afraid of marketing or confused by marketing and so I was just thinking what well, what is it what's the map that can help us to move through these blocks so that we can actually make progress with business and the more I dreamed into how motherhood was initiating me and how our businesses initiate us I remembered my from my 10, 15 years of menstrual cycle awareness, how the menstrual cycle initiates us. <laughs> and I was like, huh, I wonder if this might be the map that I'm looking for <laughs> all along. And I carried on writing, exploring the menstrual cycle as, well, essentially as a map for us as purpose-led heart-led, whatever you want to call it, purpose-led entrepreneurs and business owners to run a business that is sustainable, to support ourselves to move through the inner blocks that get in the way of us putting ourselves out there, of having that summer moment of shining and can help us find our own unique way of playing this marketing game so that we can take the love that we feel for the work that we do and convey it in a way that can really land for people and that feels in integrity with who we are. Mm. And um, 
here we are. I've finally put it together. It's like the biggest thing I've ever made and worked on. And thank you. There must be trumpets. The crowd's roaring. 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 Yes, I, feel, I feel really proud of it. And I'm I'm excited to, to see where it goes. Congratulations. And um, what form does this take? Is it online course or? or? Yeah, at the moment it's a, it's an online course and it's also will what I really, really want it to become is a community of practice so that this isn't just a course that we do, but this is, you know, the course is an opportunity to focus on and prioritize this in our lives. And then ongoingly we can meet monthly and have a community space where we can be splashing around and making a mess and trying out the ideas together to see what really lands for us in our own unique businesses with you know all the challenges and skills we have oh yeah and listening to those autumns validating that auto those autumnal voices because that's where the bloody gold is isn't it seriously yeah hard yeah oh my goodness one of the things I love about the inner critic, though, and I really need to wrap up, I'll just to make this my final note, is I think when when we give our critics something big enough and interesting enough to play with, it helps to soothe them a bit so they don't have to be so loud. So what I'm noticing as I've been bringing this new body of work together is my critic has been almost standing back and going, OK, you know, y- y- you're working at it. <laughs> it's got it's just got less to say so the more that we commit to doing what it is that we feel called to do in that in that moment I think the more we get our critic on our side that's so interesting that's so interesting yeah give them something to chew on big toffee (laughs) bone to chew yeah And um, where do we find you online? What is your preferred sort of mode of contact? Do you want people to go to your website or to your Instagram or what's best? Where are you? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, Sophie Jane Hardy. And the best way to connect with the course is through Red School because we're running it through Red School. So redschool.net and you'll be able to find the course there, Your Cyclical Business. And I'm not sure when this podcast is going out, Kate, but we have a webinar on the 17th of May. Mm. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay, one, can you give us please your best actionable, doable tip to create a sustainable business that nourishes our inner life? I think it would be to cultivate a practice of listening because that's the ground of all of this sustainability work if we can hear what we're needing then we're infinitely more able to give ourselves what we need but until we can hear it there's nothing we can do so that's why I think menstrual cycle awareness is so powerful because it's a daily action that we can do or you know tracking whatever cycle you're tracking lunar cycle or a mindfulness practice of checking in at the start of the day you know how how does my nervous system feel how is my creativity today um how's my energy and you know how much how's my emotional bank account that that act of listening and checking in is the ground of all of it the link for the course is your cyclical business com or as sophie said in the recording you can find it through redschool.net and you can find sophie's glorious instagram feed at sophie that's s-o-p-h-i-e dot jane dot hardy h-a-r-d-y sophie jane hardy on instagram and my book second spring the self-care guide to menopause is available from your favorite bookshop worldwide and if you like the sound of using the seasons as a guide to life and to work even and especially if you don't have a menstrual cycle anymore 
You might enjoy the medicine circle process that I offer as a one-to-one. -one. Just check out my website to find out more. And you can deal with personal issues and business issues using this process. It would be wonderful if you felt able to share the podcast with a friend, either on social media or even in real life. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your time. It is such a gift to have these conversations and to hear your feedback and to hear what you make of them and how they're useful for you. And I'll be back in your ears very soon.